And then it'll will be like, is is this better? <laughs> you decide at home. Is it better? <laughs> Send in your votes now. <laughs> Call one eight hundred three zero three idol and vote for your favorite. Wow, they really. I mean, that was really something when it was like you I can know. vote with your phone. I can interact. Like you're watching TV, but you're interacting. Exactly. The democratizing possibilities of technology. That's absolutely true. But also That's absolutely capitalism. True. Little did they know. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Really little <laughs> did they know. They knew little. <laughs> Extremely little. Little did they know as just the end, as a full sentence. Little did they know. <laughs> I feel like that's constant. Well, you know, what's fascinating. That's also true about us. That we don't know anything? Well, just that someone in 20 years is going to be like, those fools. Yes. They really thought voting on their little Instagram story polls. <laughs> <laughs> now we can vote into chips into each other's brains. <laughs> Goodness. Would you get, would you be implanted? It depends. If everyone was doing it, I would. I know you're not supposed to say that. Yeah. But <laughs> you really just kind of came out and just laid that on the table there. And I'm just, I need a second to gather. Like, if everyone's getting it, well, first of all, let's be clear. We all got chipped. <laughs> it's called the vaccine, mama. All God's children got chipped. <laughs> um, but I might. Depends what the user experience is like. <laughs> and again, if everyone's like, if everyone's doing it, I'll do it. <laughs> Isn't that the way of things today? Is it? It's like, well, I don't know if I would do this thing, but if it like, you know, if it's got a cute interface, like maybe. Yeah. Actually, I can. If consider. I can like change the colors, <laughs> then I'll do it. And but. just like that. And just like that. <laughs> I've been saying that so much recently, and I think I'm I'm tricking people into thinking that I'm, I feel like I'm, people might think that I'm watching, and just like that, the Sex in the City, you know. They probably do think that you're watching. And I just, I just want to set the record straight and say, <laughs> and say little do they know. of my hat right off of my dome <laughs> this is we love that and i'm jerome <laughs> <laughs> and i'm kenyan and we're starting a little series today on lyric and of course we're starting with rhyme first what gave it away <laughs> <laughs> grab your playlist everyone in the description <laughs> and just like that, we're back. Mm. Back once more. Kenyon, happy Black History Month. Thank you, Jerome. Thank I you. Happy Black, Black History, History Month. Month to you. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Um, and a happy Lunar New Year. Absolutely. The holidays you know, it's the- are around us. Always. <laughs> you know, it's the year of the tiger. Actually, I, I was not aware until just now. 
What year were you born in? I'm year of the rat, I believe. <laughs> that checks out. <laughs> okay. Um, Let me actually check I'm, that out. <laughs> I think I'm the ox. Oh. Um, and I think last year was ox too. Okay. All right. What does that mean? Do you know if that has any... Well, I'm... I'm hmm. <laughs> I don't know if we should go into that. <laughs> Well, absolutely not. I don't know. Um, right. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, yes, but I can tell you this, that last year was, in fact, the year of the ox. Uh, and 2022 is the year of the tiger. And wishing a very happy tiger to all who celebrate. Woo! What's happening out there in the world, Kenyon? Let's have a little moment Ooh. for the world. So much is happening. Well, that's true. As it, as I guess it always must, it must be that way. I would hope that many things are happening in the world. <laughs> Certainly true of our world. Mm. Let's start with some good news. Let's start with, with something to celebrate, which is that Rihanna yes. is having a child. And isn't that really something? <laughs> um, <laughs> isn't that really something? Someone sent me the picture mm-hmm. and I... My brain did not comprehend. Like, send me the picture before the um, right. before the story. First of all, I thought that she was yassified. Ah. <laughs> but she looked so stunning. Yeah. She looked so stunningly gorgeous. It's, I'm just, like, birth is a miracle. That's true. I'm very excited for her. That's true. Um... The baby might be a cancer. Wow. Uh, <laughs> joining your ranks, really. Yeah, thank God. I don't know if we need more of that, but you know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, I'm thrilled that Rihanna is pregnant. I n- know that the running joke is, you know, now she's going to have a baby and we're never going to get new music. But you know how everyone, like, has a baby and then has to make a song about the baby? Right, or like a letter to the baby, an album for the baby, uh-huh, a political uh-huh. statement for the child. Yeah. So I'm hoping that like, well, first of all, I would love to know what Rihanna's take on the baby song is. Mm. Um, but also uh, maybe it'll actually be incentive, at least just for a little taste. <laughs> a little taste of Rihanna. <laughs> who, lest we forget, is the artist of the millennia. (laughs) (laughs) Right. The millennia that were... premature now, considering she hasn't released music (laughs) in six years. Um, But what's six years to a millennium? Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And I mean, that's staying power, if anything. That's staying power. (laughs) Wow. Um, What else is, um, is happening out there? Well, I just would would like to note that I, I think there, there's been a development that really is on the winning side for my argument. And that is in the classic timeless mm. debate mm. of Spotify versus Apple Music. Mm. <laughs> what do you have to say for yourself at this time? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a mess. Streaming is a mess. <laughs> Well, that's true. The state of popular music gets a mess. But these 
I don't know why Spotify is really trying to hold tight right now to to Joseph Rogan. Yeah, so mixed Joe Rogan, who, well, he's everything. He's he's racist. He's transphobic. <laughs> he spreads misinformation about COVID. Um, <laughs> he's everything. He's got it all. Well, what's funny about him is that it's not like, like Joe Rogan isn't full like Tucker Carlson. You know, it's not like he's full like. Trumpian uh, conservative, but like it is in his quest to be a maverick as mm. <laughs> often these people mm. call themselves in his quest to, to be constantly independent. <laughs> it's like, you're actually just being a clown <laughs> and spreading misinformation and being racist and being transphobic. Yeah. I, Um, he has something like like 11 million people be listening to every episode which is great i've never listened but he'd be talking for like two hours i'm like what are what is there to listen to i know who in their right mind would listen to a podcast of just someone speaking for i don't understand for hours upon hours ridiculous i I don't um but i mean on the tucker carlson thing it's like Yes, he's not that person, but all the same people listen and watch to right to Tucker and Joe, the Tucker right. and Joe show. Um, Joe and Tucker, <laughs> Tucker and Joe. <laughs> oh goodness! Um, I just wish that Spotify was like, okay, bye. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Joni Mitchell is like, I'm leaving the platform. I know, but you know what? I need the girls to be leaving. You know what I mean? Like, Miss uh, Miss Swift certainly left the platform when she was like, mm, "You're, I'm not being compensated enough." Right. Which work? I think that's great. And honestly, that's a whole other thing that Spotify is like <laughs> grappling Missing. with right now. Yeah. Um, but hey, Taylor, why don't you call Spotify back up? You have their number. Pull your shit. When Adele calls Spotify to be like, hey, uh, don't play albums on shuffle because I want people to listen to my album from front to back. Why don't you call and pull, pull the little plug? Mm. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is really dovetailing with something that's just a conversation that's happening with myself in my mind about how political... You know, music is political, absolutely, and people make political statements in their in their music all the time. But the method of listening is just as yeah as constitutive of the music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and perhaps it is the most certainly like in terms of supporting financially. It's like that is how you support people. Right. That's how you like literally put money behind work that people do. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> well, not in terms of Spotify. Yeah. I don't really know that anyone's making money over there. But <laughs> I mean, even on the Apple side, it's absolutely better. But it's not like <laughs> I wouldn't dream of that. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, Spotify, please stop embarrassing me. But also, I, I don't um, need to be allied with you, actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> um, I. 
did not delete my Spotify account, but I did stop paying for Spotify premium work. I said no more of my dollars. Was there anything else out there in the world? Oh, yes. The, well, I mean, this is not a, a great note to leave off on, but <laughs> I'm bomb threats are, have been issued over the last two days to, I think upwards to, to many HBCUs. Um, I don't know the exact number. Um, and that is terrifying. And I'm, my heart goes out to people who are trying to get an education. And unfortunately, we have not made that something that is easy to do. Yeah. I mean, it, it, this is what everyone it feels like is talking about this Black History Month. But... It, we uh, are in a time where people are like history <laughs> don't learn about that let's not talk about that and uh, i mean it, bomb that's being called into hbcus is it 1963 like what's go- what do you mean what do you mean yeah yeah that is not cool or right and famously those who do not learn history are doomed to repeat it. Mm. And we are dooming ourselves. Well, not me, but, you know. <laughs> and just everybody else. <laughs> All the girls out there. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hope everyone is safe um, and can feel safe. I mean, that's really... There are so many bomb threats that happen across this country in public places on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, which is not something I want to normalize at all. But that feeling of unsafety is not yeah. like when we don't feel safe, like we we can't like form good relationships. We don't think as straight. Like so many, that's a real problem. Um, yeah. Just, just as big of a problem as when the threats are carried out themselves. Um, and especially in a learning environment, like, like, you're trying to learn it. Like, yeah, that is bad. So I know you're listening. Our 11 million listeners on every episode. Um, <laughs> stop calling in those bomb threats. Ooh. All right. Are you excited? Because I'm actually kind of, I kind of can't contain. <laughs> I'm really excited. <laughs> We're starting a little something today that is very exciting, that I find very exciting. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, we, well, how should we, how should I introduce this? I, you know, I love words, but I also really struggle <laughs> with words. I'm currently struggling with language as just a thing that we have to deal with. Um, and so, why not make that fun and talk about it in conjunction with music. So we're talking about lyrics um, on this episode and on some future episodes as well. This is maybe the first in a little series um, on lyric. And today we're talking about rhyme. Yes. Chapter one, rhyme. (laughs) Jerome, what even is a rhyme? Well, it's, Kenyon, it's very... It's funny that you ask, what is the definition of a rhyme? Um, 
because the when we said that we wanted to talk about rhyme, I immediately thought about this short little essay uh, called Rhyme and Its Reasons, written by the late, great uh, Stephen Sondheim um, in uh, Finishing the Hat, which is a, a book that he wrote about his own work and how his process, et cetera. Um, and so I'll, let me just read you a little oh, bit. Oh, yes, from, from the text. Rhyme and its reason. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, we're getting textual today. We love getting textual. Um, a true or perfect rhyme consists of two words or phrases whose final accented syllables sound alike, except for the consonant sounds which precede them. Uh, the accent can be on the last syllable, home, roam, convey, dismay, which is called a masculine rhyme, uh, or on the penultimate syllable, never, forever, which is called a feminine rhyme, perhaps because the fall off after the accent gives it a bit of added grace, um, <laughs> which I love, obviously. <laughs> um, he also says there are many varieties, true rhymes, near rhymes, visual rhymes, regional rhymes, assonance, consonants, run-on identities. Um, there are lots of different ways to rhyme. So there's like a whole rhyme world that we're diving into. There's a whole world of rhyme. <laughs> before we like, before I, there's so much I want to say about the Sondheim thing because I had never read it until you sent it to me. Um, <gasps> and it really just, it was sparking a lot of things. Um, <laughs> but I want to know, like, what is it, what is rhyme for you? Before we dive into everyone else's words, like... When, when when we say rhyme, what do you feel? Or, like, what do you think of? What, like... Well, there's a lot of me that thinks... I mean, I'm very... I have a very pickled musical theater brain. Very good. You know? <laughs> and so, like, there's a lot of me that, that certainly thinks in the musical theater realm. I am shocked that I haven't made you read the Sondheim piece years ago yeah. because... In, I might have been in late high school or early college when I stumbled up across it the first time. Um, but it really has shaped a lot of how I think. Not as a rule. Um, I think in the musical theater world, there is a lot of cachet placed on the traditional, like, exact rhyme. Like, there are rhymes, and then there are things that aren't rhymes. Like, there are people who are like a near rhyme or a slant rhyme or whatever. That actually isn't rhyme mm -hmm. because a rhyme needs to be exact for it to work. Um, and, like, what does working mean? Well, that's that's what we'll talk about today. But um, I do think a lot about, like, the musical theater, very traditional, like, a rhyme has to be an exact rhyme for it to work. Um, and thinking a lot about like if things rhyme or not, uh, in a way that sometimes I feel like gets, can get in the way of, of listening to something or enjoying something or whatever. But also like, I don't know. I'm remembering like <laughs> writing songs, like writing songs for theater and, one of my goals in writing lyrics for theater, at least in particular instances, is like writing things that feel really vernacular. Mm -hmm. Like writing things that feel like, okay, this is something that someone would say. Um, and like I have had total falling apart breakdowns over, wait, 
but people don't rhyme when they talk in real life. And so how could any rhyming lyric be vernacular <laughs> to someone like right, right. really getting stuck on, on like reconciling those two pieces? I really feel um, that. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I'm not a musical theater writer, um, I think like my first thoughts of rhyme, I used to write poetry growing up. Shocker. Work. Um, because you're gay. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and really like the, like rhyme for me, I never had like a, a definition for it or especially not as one as, you know, thought out as sometimes, of course. Um, but for me, it was like the words that, that pair or, or group mm. that like kind of like, they kind of attract each other, attractive, yeah. attractive words. Um, which is not yeah. a very like, not a very tight definition, um, but it's definitely how I feel about like what rhyme does. It like, it's like yeah. that invisible force that words can share with each other that don't come from syntax and like grammar and things. Well, what I love about that is that it speaks to the ways that words can connect to one another sonically that aren't just rhyme. Mm -hmm. Um, So thinking about having a similar vowel sound or thinking about alliteration or consonants or like ways that, that things can, can be connected sonically as opposed to other ways that words can be connected etymologically or by definition or whatever. Um, And that's like really fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, But I never got, more specific with it. And apparently you can get extremely specific. <laughs> um, thank you, Sondheim. Thank you, Sondheim. Um, so where are you on the true near slant far? <laughs> <laughs> near far wherever I am. Um, I think that, well, to me, I think about like, what is a really effective rhyme? Like, I love a lyric that where two words rhyme that I do not expect to rhyme. It makes me feel like I am listening to words for the first time. It makes me feel like, yes, like there's, there's one part that's like, you can think like cat in the hat. Like I do not like green eggs and ham. I would not eat them in the rain. I would not eat them on a train. Like, rain and train is not, like, that's very simple. That's not, like, really blowing Mm -hmm. my mind. But when I can hear a lyric that, and I guess this kind of, like, fits metrically, too. Like, the the length of the line also has something to do with it. But when two words rhyme, and I do not expect them to rhyme, but, like, it is a true rhyme... Mm -hmm. That just like lock like unlocks something in my brain and cements in in an an idea really well to me. Um, like that feels very important. And I think or it just, it just feels very effect it feels like such an effective method of communication. Absolutely. I mean, I think Sondheim would agree with you. <laughs> I'm trying to find <laughs> well, there's like a quote in it where he basically says almost what you just said, actually. Uh, yeah, he says, all rhymes, even the farthest afield of the near ones, draw attention to the rhymed word. If you don't want it to be spotlighted, you'd better not rhyme it. 
A perfect rhyme snaps the word and with it the thought vigorously into place, rendering it easily intelligible. Um, and then he kind of goes on to say that near rhyming is less effective at this, which I think kind of is kind of is true, but I think kind of depends on on the the situation. Um, but I wanted I wanted to talk about the to bring in this other quote. So this is from Adam Bradley's book of rhymes, the poetics of hip hop, um, where he, Adam Bradley is a music writer and he talks about various, um, kind of like elements of rap music. Um, and there was a chapter on rhyme. And so I wanted to read some things out of this. Uh, rhyming renders familiar words, unexpected and fresh. Whether falling at the end of lines or cropping up somewhere in the middle, rhyme results in heightened, artificial, almost ceremonial remixes of everyday speech. Rap's rhymes rely heavily on the oral tradition, inscribing patterns that may appear quixotic on the page, but build unmistakable sonic structures when performed. First of all, I love that quote, and I need to read this book. I can't believe you've hidden it away from me. Um, <laughs> the... The ceremonial aspect, like, of what... He, I think he used that word, ceremonial. Artificial, heightened, mm -hmm. almost ceremonial. Um, yeah. That is... I feel like rhyme at its best, like, carries with it... Uh, I don't want to say... A, I'm looking for a world that's not spiritual, but, like, there's, there's, a, there's a weightiness, a ritual ceremony aspect yeah. of it. Um, of like, how are these words that are not maybe connected in meaning, in origin, but like they are, they are now here, now connected on this utterance. Um, yeah. That I love and it, it gives such dignity to language that I feel like is missing sometimes these days. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that's what I like about um, your more expansive definition of like words having like being connected to one another um, is that that feels like there, I think that there can be something very clinical about like, okay, it has to rhyme exactly. It has to be the exact rhyming word with the exact, you know, whatever, but like thinking about thinking of it growing organically out of how we speak to one another and like taking the, the normal ways that people interact and like, heightening it mm -hmm. um like taking patterns that we already can identify easily and heightening it i think is really fascinating yeah here's a another quote out of, out of the bradley um which is connected to what we just said rhyme is no mere adornment in rap. It isn't simply a mnemonic device or sing-songy trifle. It is rap's most obvious way of remaking language of refashioning, not simply sound, but meaning as well. Rhyme works on the brain as well as the ear. A new rhyme forges a mental pathway between distinct, but sonically related words and carries with it both linguistic and cognitive meaning. It invites the listener to tease out the semantic threads embedded within the sonic fabric of the words. What emerges is a simple but seismic truth. MCs don't just rhyme sounds, they rhyme ideas. He better write. <laughs> he better write. He better write words. Truly. I mean, I just, I love that. And, well, I want to kind of 
go back to the Sondheim because in that he is kind of taking issue with um, trends in popular music, basically, which mm-hmm. I have lost, for, at least for, for him, like the, the true rhyme is just not as important to people in popular music. And that is not great in, in the Sondheim's eyes. And thinking of rap as like now, rap and hip hop, the biggest popular music that we've really got in the world. Yeah. Um, that is so dependent or like has such a, has such a relationship with rhyme. Um, I don't know that there's, there's an interesting conversation to be had there. Yeah. And to be fair, I, I think that Sondheim is saying, I think Sondheim is speaking specifically to musical theater. He, he writes kind of about like, because the lyric in musical theater is carrying plot and is carrying like important information. Like it's, it's really important that, the audience is able to like latch on to the words that they're saying. And so if it's a near rhyme, it can be very easy to miss or misconstrue or whatever. But if all the rhymes are exact, it makes it very easy for like the brain to, to latch on to um, what's being said. But he writes about like consonants and assonance and like these other non exact rhymes as like having a lot of value. Um, There's kind of a, (laughs) Sondheim kind of gets to a point of like, well, those people are saying that true rhyme is bad. And so I'm defending true rhyme by kind of denigrating the rhyme that they do (laughs) at sloppy, um, which is, I don't know about all that, but I think that like there is, he says um, that pop music it, in pop music, it is actually better to not have an exact rhyme Mm-mm. because that feels too heightened. Um, that feels too exact, too precise. Whereas, um, you know, some people would argue that like you can get a more precise lyric. You can get a, a lyric that more precisely describes a feeling or describes an emotion, which feels like often the point of pop music is like capturing a feeling without the restriction of rhyme Mm. uh, or of exact rhymes. Um, Sondheim says, well, the best people can do it all. And I would agree. And I think he's really right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. There's a line that really got me in this where he says that like a a common kind of pushback from, from folks over there in pop is like, (laughs) you know, I won't let my craft get in the way of my feeling. And he's like, well, the craft is here to serve the feeling. So are you good at what you do? (laughs) (laughs) Which is like, honestly, gotcha there, you know? Right. And I never, I never really considered how essential rhyme is just for the intelligibility of musical theater. Everything is flying. You've got people singing on top of each other. You've got sets, you've got lights, you've got like... It's a really dense art form and the function of the words, they must be understood for you to <laughs> get what's going on. Right. It It is not meant to, it's not written to be re-listened to over and over it. Like its primary purpose is like, okay, I'm watching this show. They just said some words. Now they're singing this song and then something's going to happen after this. And I need to understand what happens in this piece to get to the next piece. Yeah. Um, which is probably more, uh, I don't know, that that's probably more of like a specific use than 
a lot of music typically has, like like specifically like programmatic music, I guess you could mm. call it, like that it is it is telling a specific story. Yeah, I mean it's it's rhyme feels so connected to to the venue then and the place and and the medium of yeah. the music. Um which like we were saying earlier is just as political. You know, like mm-hmm. whether you're listening to a recorded you know, an MP3 file or you're at a live performance or it's opera or it's you know, like there are so many different kinds of mediums and rhyme can like what is good rhyme, I guess, really shifts from medium to medium. Or like the purposes that Very it can that. be used to to accomplish really shift. Very that. As well as like, it, it makes me think about vernacular as well. Um, and like using vernaculars to, con- to construct rhymes. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, I'm going to talk about Oklahoma. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of the things that made Oklahoma this big revolutionary musical when it first premiered, which you know, to people who are not like as obsessed with musical theater history as I am, like probably that doesn't sound right. Right. (laughs) Like Oklahoma seems very old fashioned, archaic. It seems very like here's a set structure. Everything's predictable, whatever. It actually is. Kenny, you and I have been talking about euphoria and that you don't watch euphoria, but you would want to like catch back up with Mm -hmm. euphoria in the last couple of weeks uh, in an episode of euphoria, they were making fun of Oklahoma as this like very simple, like boring, nobody likes it (laughs) musical. (laughs) Anyway, um, it used to be that when you were writing music, um, particularly writing music for like the theater, you wrote it in like, proper English. And so for something to rhyme, like it would have to rhyme um, in proper English, but something that was so uh, revolutionary about Oklahoma is that it used like the vernacular dialect of these like Western, uh, like country Western people living who were living in the Oklahoma territory um, at the turn of the 20th century to create their rhymes. So something like, um, rhyming orda with sorta, mm. sorta not being a word, right. <laughs> sorta being sort of, but sorta, and orda as ada, like I ought right. to, but orda with sorta, um, that's an all or nothing. Or in uh, Kansas City, rhyming Friday with id, like an idea. I didn't have an idea. <laughs> um. And I think that's fat, like I think that's really fascinating because then we actually learn something about who these people are and where they're from, um, which I like really gravitate to in terms of vernacular. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I love that. <laughs> and it also makes me think about. I mean, musical theater and rap are turns out the same. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, and we didn't know it until Lynn manuel Miranda right. came around. But <laughs> uh, this is another quote from the Bradley. Um, 
It's easy to spot rap's true lyrical innovators because not only will they likely be rapping about different things from everyone else, they'll be using different words to do it. Eminem, for instance, Kenyon's favorite, had to <laughs> conceive a bunch of new rhyming words to describe the experiences of a working class white kid from a trailer park in Detroit who rises to superstardom. Who else could think to rhyme public housing systems with victim victim of Manchhausen syndrome? Similarly, as Andre 3000 has grown throughout his career from Southern Playa to ATLian to whatever his present incarnation happens to be, the words he rhymes have grown along with him. He has gone from pimping hoes and slamming Cadillac does to rhyming Whole Foods with these fools. <laughs> and who could imagine that an MC would ever associate a Hebrew language with origins in 20th century Germany, a green leafy vegetable, and an imaginary sport from a children's book, as Asher Roth does when he rhymes Yiddish, spinach, and Quidditch on his 2008 mixtape, The Greenhouse Effect. That's so right. That's all so right. Especially that last example, too, because Quidditch wasn't a word 30 years ago. Right. Yeah. And that is, like, that's the kind of language play that, like, really excites me. Yeah. And the, it's the type of thing that, to me... I don't think would come out if if not for the added constraint of rhyme. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, if you ask people just to tell their stories, certainly, like, you get a feel for their voice, you get a feel for their... Um, I mean, you, you hear whatever story it is that they're trying to tell. Um, but what makes things so specific, particularly in thinking about rap, but in thinking about all kinds of songwriting, like, things get specific because of these cultural references that come out in the pursuit of like, of trying to get things to rhyme, of trying to get ideas to match Yeah, in that way. Let's look at some examples. Okay, great. I want to look <laughs> at some examples. And the last thing I'll add before we start to pick things apart is that now I also am very fascinated with things that don't rhyme, mm-hmm. with music that chooses not to rhyme or not to rhyme for the most part. Um, and not I'm not talking like uses near rhymes instead of of true rhymes. Like right. the words aren't going to rhyme. And like, what does that change in the, in the way that we experience music? Ooh. We've really <laughs> put a lot on the table here. Rhyme has brought us to... to- Ideas of place and medium and region and dialect and possibilities yeah. for, for language itself. Um, I'm excited to look at these examples. Okay, I. What if we start with? I'm thinking about this idea of like when words rhyme in a way that like that makes me feel like I don't speak English. I feel like I've said that. <laughs> <laughs> like when we've listened to stuff in the past, like that I'm like, wait, I never would have thought, but there, here these two words are, here these two beautiful ideas are, and it's so perfect and hasn't this existed forever, but I'm only just hearing it for the first time now. Um, I'm thinking about How Many Years by Yeba, um, which just has these fabulous couplets that are are so perfectly paired. Um, so she sings, these are the moments that I'm with you. Under the pressure, I'll see it through. Live out the wonder way past the borderline. Adventure as far as the eye can see. Try not to miss you too desperately. 
live out the wonder way past the borderline. That I, <laughs> particularly that second one, adventure as far as the eye can see, I'll try not to miss you too desperately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it like does a, f- I'm like having a feeling, you know, like just hearing yeah. the sounds together in that way. Um, yeah. That's so, it's so, it's so wonderful. Literally, it's like, I feel like, who knew that this language could do that? <laughs> <laughs> I I love it. And again, it feels like not just rhyming words, but rhyming ideas. Mm. Like there's something so beautiful about, th- this is a song that is about her mother. She lost her mother. Um, and thinking about the the way that like the adventure and uh, and possibility and grandeur of life um to her is always tied to like the the absence of her mother mm. being there um and rhyming these yeah, rhyming these words ties the ideas together. It brings it into into really sharp focus. Um, yeah, I really like. I feel like I'm understanding as we go through just this example, of like what Sondheim was really saying about how stuff can snap into into clarity. Like there's can be such clarity about not the text, but the ideas. Um, yeah, and that part of like to me, part of true rhyme is like. I mean, we said this earlier, but like, and Sondheim really says this, <laughs> that if I don't have to think a little bit like, oh, those two words are supposed to go together, then I don't have to, I can just think about the idea. It's like that locks the words in place to mm-hmm. me and then I can just focus on the idea. I wonder if that has to do with like the, the like our sonic temporal memory. Like how if you sound, you yeah. sound a sound, right? That like gets stored in our in our brains, in our musical listening brains for a period of time. And if you come back to that sound, you're doing a callback. Like, just like how rhythm yeah. and harmony work too. Um, rhyme might, might like function in the same brain ways. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, I like that. Um. Okay, and then that is making me think about times when... Well, that's making me think about when things... There's no rhyme. Mm-hmm. Because then there's an, a different kind of like, oh, I don't have to worry about, okay, what what's the rhyme scheme or what's going to rhyme with what? It's like, now I'm just here in text. I'm here in, in these various words. Yeah. Okay, well, that makes me think of... Of course, I feel like I've brought this up on the podcast before. Nowhere, one of my favorite groups, their song Around, um, I think lyrically is just already brilliant for other reasons outside of rhyme. Um, but <laughs> where where they choose to stray from 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 options that could have been easy rhymes um, and, and instead don't do that, um, I think is really quite interesting um and then of course then there are also moments where they do rhyme or they use identities that like bring meaning like back into sharp sharp clarity um yeah that one stanza in the song goes right left 
going on, live. Lie, stand, move around again. And just right there, it's like, it's just like these actions of life, right? That's how I receive these words. It's like, there are these things that we do. We go right, we go left, we just, we, we go on, we get up, we sit down, like, these are just things. Um, and the way that they don't rhyme brings the, the idea of the mundane and, like, the quotidian aspect of those things to the surface for me. Um, yeah. The stand is, then goes on uh, after that, says, move around again. Of course, stay the course, for we have no control. And like, and that's the only, that is the only quote unquote rhyme. And it's like, it's an absolute identity. It's course and course, but they're two different meanings, right? Yeah. Um, I think there's a way in which like rhyme can, can be in uh, an element of control, like where we like put nice bows on things that are otherwise chaotic. Um, and for the yeah. one rhyme in this stanza to be preceding the line that we have no control it kind of like is undercutting the the rhyme that they just brought up of of course stay the course kind of accept everything as it comes stay on this course but we have no control there's the there's a dissonance that gets that comes out because of the rhyme there yeah and i am thinking about what you said about like you know when we hear the same sound twice like that our our brain remembers that we just heard it um and so, like, of course, stay the course. Like, your brain says course, course, and that's kind of like an alarm bell. Yeah. Um, which, in a very funny way, is making... I, I There's another song that does not use rhymes that I want to talk about, but that is reminding me of, at the end of Funny Girl, mm. um, the lyric is, uh, a girl ought to have a sense of humor... That's one thing you really need for sure when you're a funny girl. Yes. Like, there's kind of that, like, yes. okay, we're ringing the bell because we're about to tell you the the important thing. Absolutely. Ringing the bell because we're about to tell you the important thing. I love that. And that's, like, <laughs> that is what rhyme can do, you know? Ugh. Like, that is the great capacity of, like, when something's really well-written and well-constructed, that it can really c- communicate something to you about what the text is saying. Like that is the most effective rhyme is that it, uh, not that it, again, like we said before, like not that it's getting in the way, um, but it is actually helping to communicate the thought. Yeah. Yeah. Not to, not to harp on what you just said. I just think you put it so great. It, it's blowing my mind a little bit right now. I feel like so much <laughs> of the time, you know, you're trying to make things and you're trying to organize people's attention, right? Yeah, yes, yes, wow, And yeah. this, I've never really thought of rhyme in that sphere of things. Like, this is a tool that I can use to, like you said, ring the alarm because the important thing is coming or is here. Like, uh, how we can, we can bring our attentions to bear so that we can communicate the meaning. Ah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I I think this is a here's another great example. So this is in um Them Changes Good by song. Thundercat, which is a song that I'm is fantastic. It's a song that I'm obsessed with because so much of it does not rhyme. Um and I 
was in one of these like states of oh god how am i going to write lyrics that are supposed to rhyme and then like happened to be listening to this song and realized for the first time that like most of the lyrics don't rhyme um and it felt very like <laughs> where am i <laughs> like waking up and d- discovering that like i could see the <laughs> matrix is is what it felt like um the second verse starts with a rhyming couplet and ends with a with a near rhyming couplet um somebody tell me how i'm supposed to feel when i'm sitting here knowing this ain't real which is kind of giving like mm-hmm. okay here's a a central yep. question um why in the world would i give my heart to you just to watch you throw it in the trash i've been traveling so long i don't think i can hold on where were you when i needed you the most now i'm sitting here with a black hole in my chest a heartless broken mess And so that is like to me is starting with okay here's this like fundamental opening question then we just get like we get various images throwing the heart in the trash traveling so long where are you when i needed you the most and then ending with such finality sitting here with a black hole in my chest a heartless broken mess like that that is the final sealed mm. you know tied off end at yeah the- yeah there's a way in which, like you're like you're getting at, that the the rhyme like also is, is clarifying the structure of the thought. Um, yeah, which is cool, kind of with these with this call about what this is going to be about up at top, and then as yeah. you descend into the thoughts and the questions, there there are two questions in the middle of the of the stanza. The rhyme like the rhymes like kind of glance off of each other. Um, yeah. So long, Ooh, I love hold that. on. It's like you're wrestling with the questions. And you land in this place, the heartless broken mess, which rhymes with black hole in my chest. Um, well, almost. Um, yeah. <laughs> as like a, as it, it is final, and we know it's final because it rhymes, but it also isn't a perfect rhyme because it's, it's not a good feeling. <laughs> like that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, along with that line being that last line being shorter, like it fe- there's something mm. blunt about it. Like there's something there's something blunt about the near rhyme, but it also is final in that it rhymes. Like, oh wait, and yep. now this is the end. Ugh. Good song. Good song. Good song. Good song. Good song. Um, okay, now that we're getting into the the nears and the slants. Of them all. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We were talking about rap and hip hop. And so I felt like it, you had at least had to have one example on here. Um, of course. I'm thinking of Thieves in the Night by Black Star. Um, great song. Um, I feel like it touches on a lot of the things that we already were kind of talking about, like you brought up vernacular um, and or dialect. Um, there's a point toward the beginning where the lyrics are. They say money's the root of all evil, but I can't tell. You know what I mean? Pesos, francs, yens, cowrie shells, dollar bells. Or is it the mind state that's ill? I had to kind of like futz with my own pronunciation there because <laughs> Talib Kweli is rapping this part and he's from New York. And so in his pronunciation, I hear tell shells bills and ill 
all like kind of colliding in a, in a rhyme sense. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's another line a little bit further along. Um, says, most cats in my area be loving the hysteria. Synthesized surface conceals the interior. But he says it as interior in that kind of Brooklyn, New yeah. York way. Um, and it's like, ah, yeah. well, there's a the hysteria and interior don't technically rhyme. But when looked at through the lens of this lived experience and this person who's speaking, well, there's a rhyme. Yeah, they rhyme when he says them. And so there's like a specificity, like a non-universality about that mm. that is delicious to me. I love delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Um, elsewhere in the song I think there's a there's a point where rhyme like really brings a, a meaning uh, w- that like I think would be missed if it if other you know synonyms were substituted um, it's down in the section it says not strong only aggressive because the power ain't directed that's why we are subjected to the will of the oppressive not free, we only licensed. Not live, we just exciting. Because the captors own the masters to what we're writing. Um, and for me, it's captors and masters. Um, mm-hmm. Which, like, do not technically rhyme, but they have that strong A sound up top. Um, yeah. And the, the point of the stanza, the captors... It's, we're talking about slavery in the previous paragraphs, um, and so it's, it's, giving, it's giving slavery, um, but also looking at modern-day forms, instantiations of that. Um, and as musicians yeah. who don't always get to own the masters of their recordings, that line, because the captors own the masters to what we're writing, it's, masters is also a you know, term for people who yeah. enslave people. Um, and that that just brings it all out to me. Yeah, there's like a there's a transformation. Again, it feels like this like connecting the connecting the ideas through the rhyme, but also through the idea. And there's a transformation of captor into master um, that is also playing on the m- multiple meanings of the word master. Like that is. <laughs> <laughs> that's a genius. Like that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Ah, I love rhyme. <laughs> I love rhyme. There, there are other things that like there are other things that rhyme can do, as in taking an idea that like might otherwise be difficult to comprehend, and uh, because it rhymes, it is easier to understand. Um, kind, kind of similar to this captors masters image um we talked about this when we talked about um moments in the woods stephen sondheim we talked about that when he died um remembering you've had an and when you're back to or makes the or mean more than it did before is like an idea that might otherwise be like okay this is very high concept but um (laughs) but here it is rhyming and so i can start to pick it apart um as well as like and perhaps this is the the number the first thing that one thinks of as to why things rhyme. It makes it easy to remember. Mm. It sticks in your head. 
like then you can do all these different things once you have the idea stuck in your head. But like, I'm just it, like, I put the lyrics for White Christmas on this list just because it's like, they rhyme so perfectly that it's like, how could you not immediately want to sing the song every day? Um, <laughs> I'm dreaming of a white Christmas with every Christmas card I write. May your days be merry and bright and may all your Christmases be white. Like that's boom, boom, boom. It's just, there, there you are. Right boom, there. Boom, boom. <laughs> yeah. But it does bring us to this question of rhyming in pop music. Um, which Sondheim says can't be true. Like that true rhyming gets in the way. And when I read that, I kind of am like, okay, like you're being a little, you're really going for it, but right. you know, is that really true? Is it really that all the rhymes in pop music are, are not true rhymes they are near rhymes. Um, and then I remembered my, a song I return to often when I think about this topic um, which is Teenage Dream by Katy Perry. Um, and there's one particular, it, it is one stanza at the beginning of the second verse that I've always thought of as like, wait, none of these words rhyme. But then when I was pulling it yesterday, yeah, <laughs> I don't think there is a single true rhyme in this song. You think I'm pretty without any makeup on? You think I'm funny when I tell the punchline wrong. Mm. I know you get me, so I let my walls come down. Down, I don't even think oh, is pretending no, no, to no. be a rhyme. <laughs> um, before you met me, I was all right, but things were kind of heavy. You brought okay. me to life. Now, every February, you'll be my Valentine, <laughs> okay? <laughs> it does not feel like uh, may all your Christmases be white. It just doesn't have the same feel. <laughs> well, that, and there is something to that, Absolutely. you know, like, I think that it is purposefully not supposed to sound like the treetops glisten and children listen to hear the sleigh bells in the snow. <laughs> um, the, the second verse, which I kind of am obsessed with, um, we drove to Cali and got drunk on the beach, got a motel and built a fort <laughs> out of sheets. I finally found you my missing puzzle piece. I'm complete. <laughs> I mean, it's actually kind of virtuosically unrhyming. I'm kind of like, <laughs> wait, is it on purpose? Like, to have four different words that are all assonant but right. do not rhyme? Maybe there's something to that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, it's... I think about... You know, the last time I heard this song, really, was probably at some function or other with people singing and dancing mm -hmm. around. And, you know, it's one of those songs that people kind of mumble the verses to you and then they say, you, me, me. <laughs> you know, when we get to that part. Um, yeah. Unless you're us and you've studied the, <laughs> the lyrics to, to Teenage Dream. <laughs> Which I, I can't right, understand why right. you wouldn't do such a thing. Um, but it it is, I feel like that is a, a, a pop sensibility where hooks are really memorable and they need to be really, really memorable. But verses sometimes yeah. just aren't. And the writers and the audience are okay with that. And they're like, I actually don't, I couldn't tell you 
really what the lyrics of this verse are, but when the chorus <laughs> comes, I will be yelling it. And I think that also has to do yeah. with how rhymes are used or not used in those different structural parts of the song. Yeah. And and I think it's important to note, like, I'm excited for us to talk about many, many other parts of, of writing lyrics. We're just talking about rhyme today. Um, part of what makes this chorus really catchy is that Teenage Dream is a great yeah. image. Like that is, that is like kind of perfectly captures what the song is about. Um, as well as like metrically, it is exactly right. Like I will certainly give oh, this yes. song that. Like there is no part of it that's like, oh, and I have to sneak in this other word. And oh, I like, we have to kind of shift things around to make this feel right. It is airtight in terms of, of the meter you make me feel like i'm living a teenage dream the way you turn me on i can't sleep let's run away and don't ever look back don't ever look back like it's that's yeah, airtight absolutely and so it's almost like not even to get into like what sonically is happening in the song but like the meter is right the image is right that it doesn't even matter that we don't have any right. true rhymes here because I guess that the idea is accessible enough in a different way. Like if the, if the rhyme is supposed to make kind of a more specific or more esoteric or more complicated idea, more easily digestible then like part of the point of this is that it is easily digestible. Yeah. Like, it is that it is easily comprehensible mm -hmm. already. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, what if it did rhyme? Well, now that's really something. <laughs> so let's play a game. Yay. So we're playing a game. Um, let's, uh, should we do the chorus? Or should we I do mean, I'm going to follow your lead here because, I mean, let's be honest, you'll do most of the writing here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm not going to try. I'm so just going to say that you're, I... You are just a very, you're very good at rhyming. I love words And rhyme. you're so good at it. See, see <laughs> your works. See the collected drums works. Thanks, Queen. <laughs> um, okay, let's do the, we're going to rewrite the chorus of Teenage Dream so that it is all true rhymes. Okay, so we have, you make me feel like I'm living a teenage dream. The way you turn me on, I can't sleep. Let's run away and don't ever look back. So I think we should keep Teenage Dream. Interesting. The title of the song, I'll keep it. <laughs> um, which means that that dream is going to be our, our kind of rhyming word. Right. I mean, we can just start listing rhyming words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking seem. I'm thinking... Cream is really kind of It's same. And I kind of wished that something else would take its place, but it hasn't yet. Um, <laughs> supreme. Ooh, supreme. Gleam. Ooh, gleam. Beam. Yes, beam. Um, scream. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Extreme. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, okay. I guess we are sitting here doing this. I, I, I'm doing this from my mind, but there are things called rhyming dictionaries, which we could use. <laughs> oh, Miss Thing, I'm on rhyme zone. Okay, work. <laughs> and there you, I mean, Sondheim said, you grab your rhyming dictionary. Grab your rhyming dictionary. 
Yeah. Everyone pull out your rhyming dictionary. Turn to Eam. <laughs> so you make me feel like I'm living in a teenage dream. Mm-hmm. You want something else that's going to end in, in dream. Teenage dream. The word teenage dream? Yeah, like what, what's gonna what's gonna be our first little phrase? Oh, got you, got you, got you. I feel like I've also got to keep living, living a teenage dream. Okay, you know. What, what if there? What if it's like? What if it's like? Um, like your eyes gleam, and now I'm living a teenage dream. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> your eyes gleam. And your your eyes gleam each time we're living this teenage dream. Because it's giving like, okay. like, I can tell that you're into it. You're into it. I'm into it. Okay. I like it. I like it. Which then makes me want to say, um, like, we're one team. Keep <laughs> <laughs> saying. How about that? Your eyes gleam. Uh... Your eyes gleam. I know we're living a teenage dream. Thing. Uh, <laughs> it's supreme. It's supreme. Let's take a chance and don't ever look back. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> so what, what would you say is more effective? Well, I mean, what we threw together, I think, has some real potential. <laughs> it has some real... It has legs. It really no, it does. Um <laughs> <laughs> but there is the, I think what that doesn't accomplish is what you brought up earlier about some of the, the more metric, you know, outside of the realm of rhyme, like mm-hmm. metrically the, the, and, and stress wise, you make me feel like I'm living a teenage dream. The, I think we might have to manipulate the melody or the rhythm to kind of make our, rhymes ooh, you know oh rhymes fit so it's better. giving total rewrite right right your eyes gleam with the s on the eyes it's just like it doesn't come out of the mouth as easy as make eyes yeah you know yeah um but you know we work with it but also like what could be better than you make me it's great it's great I mean, it's also hard because we're working with a finished song, right? <laughs> a finished multi-award winning. <laughs> Only finished if you You're right. You're Let right. it be. <laughs> um But I do love the way way those are real are stressed. They're all equally stressed. You know, in the you make me all are all stressed syllables, but also in the melody, they are equally weighted. Yeah. Well, I I certainly can't wait to talk about our our lyric meter episode. Oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be so good. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. This has been so fun. I was saying at the top that I like I struggle with language. <laughs> and I don't mean like I struggle with speaking, but like I feel like there's a way in which Language is cheap, and it has been cheapened by the way we use mm. it. We toss around words like, like, I just love this thing, blah, 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 you know, or cheapened in that sense, but also cheapened in the sense as like, 
it gets used it gets used on us a lot um to sure. to buy things sell things to make political maneuvers english is like is not a neutral language yeah. or a neutral text to be reading words out of and yeah i think historically i've struggled with rhyme because of what we said it like there's a there's a subliminal action um that it takes on on us right it like tells our brains to pay attention and kind of wakes up our our memory it it interacts with our subconscious in that way and i feel like yeah that's why so many jingles and things that used to sell things rhyme you know like mm -hmm. and that is how rhyme has become associated for me but talking about it today it's really <laughs> there are so many good there's so many possibilities there are more possibilities than there are you know things that have been foreclosed um and i'm excited to to make new words with rhyme yeah i mean that's the what's so exciting to me is that feeling of like no one has put these words together in this order to say this thing before. Mm. Um, and rhyme just feels like such a great exercise to get to that place. Yeah. Um, like using your specific lexicon to express your specific ideas in your voice, both like figuratively and literally, uh, your vernacular, your use of words, the way that you pronounce things like that is really fascinating. And like, that is really new. That's always going to be new. This has been so good. I'm excited yeah. to continue talking about lyric at some point. There are so many <laughs> other things that we can, we've just barely scratched the surface. The, you're absolutely right. There'll be so much more to come. Um, so much more to come. <laughs> okay. Time for a binary. <gasps> okay. Well, I had learned, I learned something new from the Sondheim article, which was about the different syllables that a rhyme could be on being characterized as masculine and feminine. And yeah. first of all, hilarious, but also tragic that gender has invaded every part of our lives. Um, <laughs> Correct. And I guess that's what this segment is for. It's for exposing the binary. So, <laughs> <laughs> are you masculine or, or feminine rhymes? Masculine being the last syllable, like convey and dismay. And the feminine mm -hmm. being the first syllable, or, or preview, second to last, um, like uh, lesson and blessing. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay, okay, that was great, first of all. Um, I think I'm going feminine rhyme because it means actually that there's more of the word that rhymes. Not that I'm endorsing it being called feminine rhyme, but <laughs> right. the, <laughs> the version, the type of rhyme in which it is the stress syllable that is not the ultimate syllable um, because there's more to... Uh, to rhyme work more to rhyme i'm with you there more to rhyme <laughs> more to rhyme um well obviously sticking with the theme of rhyme um well there are things that rhyme and there are things that don't 
And the things that don't rhyme, but seem like they rhyme. Some people call it a near rhyme, but some might call it a slant rhyme. Well, I mean, slant. Absolutely really? slant. It just, <laughs> now I know I was using, I was talking about rhyme in terms of proximity and attractions and whatnot, but just slant is a great, I just like saying that word. So we're going to privilege the sound on this one in this episode and go with slant. <laughs> privilege the sound. Um, I had a, a English teacher in high school who loved to call things slant rhymes that they were not giving. <laughs> they were not. It was it was blue and uh, couch. And he said. And that's a slant rhyme, Extremely actually. slanted. Absolutely <laughs> bent. Yikes. So I think I'm... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I think I'm going with near. Because mm. we we've got to get the sounds near to one another. How about <laughs> oh, that? I see. Closer to thee, really. <laughs> Nearer, my God. Thank you. That's where I was going. You know. <laughs> Thanks for listening, divas. We Love That is brought to you by Kenyon and Jerome. Our music is by Sophia Campomore and our art is by Griffin Keller. And please drop us a line at welovethatpodcast at gmail.com. Ghosts in the walls. <laughs> no. Drunk man on the street. Oh. More like. <laughs> well, we've been there. <laughs> Me? Never. <laughs> me? Drunk yelling in the street? Never. <laughs> it's these like woods. <laughs>